welcome back to another reading of one of these stories. This one is called The Old Ones, for someone's hunting you down. Who is it? We'll find out. Older than humanity, older than the gods, the old ones shall awake one day. These words you learned in a text before it turned to dust. Now you live in Paris, France, as a young adult. Your job as an accountant pays well enough, and you've made good friends. Even though your boyfriend is busy and doesn't have time for you most days, he always sends you pictures when he can. You feel sad that you know one day the old ones will awake. But is your job stopped their awakening from their sleep? So on some days, you go out with a friend or two to a restaurant or a bar where they talk about how much they hate college. Sometimes your phone gets stolen by drunk guys and you have to call your boyfriend's sister. A few days after moving in, you find an old tattered paperback book at work. On front it says property of the great sorcerer of the west, and that's probably why no one thought it was suspicious. You don't remember buying this book, but you did buy a lot of them, so it couldn't be that weird. Anyways, as soon as you leave the office, you open cover and small letter falls out. You catch it just in time. The letter reads. To my student, you have learned many deep secrets and many rituals. But now I give you my notes on the great old ones, for there is a cult is looking for me. So I must go into hiding. Okay, you say. You open the book to find notes on every old one. Their names, their powers, everything on the old ones. You flip to a page on the old one named the Tiagin, which is what you think their actual name is, but the book explains it's their true name. You're not entirely sure what they mean, but it makes sense to keep their name secret and use them for protection and ritual magic. There is also some notes on their powers on their bodies. If someone attacks them, they can use their magic to protect themselves. Oh shit! You exclaim and look up see if anyone heard you. You hear giggling from next aisle over, but the people behind you seem being grossed in their books. So you turn back to the book to continue reading. It also says the old ones are basically gods or goddesses. They're supposed to be the strongest and most powerful beings in existence. The book also says they are also reincarnated a couple of times, but their memories are lost to time. They don't age, normally, and are mortal. You hear a voice say, What's up, Gladia? 
You look up and find your best friend Alex smirking at you. He leans over a table and picks up Tara Book up. Hey, give me that back. You say and reach for it. He holds it high above his head and continues smirking. You whisper a word of power. He lets go immediately. He jumps up screaming, clutches his head. You burst out laughing along with his friends at him, falling over. You stand and help him up. And then you continue to collapse on the couch next to you, smiling widely. Your other friends come running around the corner, then laugh at him. Chapter 2 It was late, and Alex and you were both tired. You had been playing Mario Kart all afternoon. You had won, of course, but after you beat him every round, he kept giving you advice on what moves to do next and kept teasing you about cheating at your game. You had just lost the last match when your phone started ringing again. You go and get and pick it up. On the screen, it says, Teacher. Hello? You say, Yes. Hello. A woman's voice says, She sounds old. But sounds stressed too. Um, who is this? You ask confused. You never met anyone like her before. My name is Lily. I was wondering if you could tell me something. What is it? You reply curious. I was hoping you could explain it all. Explain what? You think you can tell by her tone that she is stressed. Explain to me who killed my parents, and who these people, who call themselves the cult of the old ones. Then, how did they kill your- Then, how did they kill your parents? If you tell the truth, you ask. She sighs and tells you everything she knows. When we were kids, my dad worked for the government as a consultant. And he told my mom and I some strange things. Like what? You ask her. She tells you about what happened to her father. One day, a flash came from the kitchen. We, mom and me, ran in there and we found a symbol burnt into my dad's head. And a note saying, we will return for your blood and knowledge in blood. What else, you ask? She tells you about the note and how it disappeared after the first week of the new year. I was only five and didn't understand. Can you tell me who the old ones they worship are? She asks you. You pause to consider the question. The old ones are ancient gods, you finally say. She sighs. How is any of this possible? She asks. You shrug. Maybe there's, maybe there's just more than one god, you suggest. That could be right, she agrees. Do you know anything else about them? She asks. You think for a moment. I know they're mis very mysterious. You say. She hums. Mm, that they may be dangerous too. She says, then she hangs up. Who is that? Alex has walked up into the room. 
Uh, nothing, you say quickly. Nothing, huh? Alex says skeptically and sits down beside you. Yeah, uh, yeah, you say. Huh, <laughs> okay, sure. He laughs and looks to TV in the background. few nights later, you walk up to your door to put your key in. You unlock your door, then you realize that you don't have to put your keys away because your boyfriend is sitting on the porch waiting for you. You open the door and see him leaning against the doorframe. Hi, babe. Some people walked by asking about you. He says, strange folk they were. They were wearing robes with a symbol on them, he explains. Yeah, you say. He smiles and kisses your neck. They said they used to live here, he whispers in your ear, that they were once gods. Your heart stops being. Your hands roam up your side slowly, slowly creeping under your shirt. You try and move to shut the door, but he pushes himself against and stops you. Don't... Close it, he breathes. Your legs locked together, you can hardly breathe. He leans forward and kisses you on lips. You kiss back hesitantly, but he pushes harder and pulls you towards him. He whispers in your ear. They said they know about the journal, about the old ones. Sand reaches up in your hair and strikes it gently as he keeps kissing you. You pull away slightly and lean your face against his chest, breathing hard. You wrap your arms around him tightly. You start to cry. He rubs circles in your back as you sob in relief. He says softly, It's okay, babe. It's alright. Chapter 3 You decide to do a ritual from the journal. It's full moon this night. You asked your boyfriend to do it too, but he said he would stay home. You went to a graveyard where the ritual was being held and sat down at edge of grass. You pulled up over your hoodie and tried to stop crying in focus. Once you both finished, you felt really good. But you know that this ritual wouldn't be easy, so you decide practice every day. Dead and gone, let the dead be awakened answer to me and my son. You whispered the words to yourself and closed your eyes, concentrating on the ritual. You feel warmth flow through you. You opened your eyes and sky had become bright red. All right, you whisper yourself, Rabian. You take a mirror he brought. Dead, reveal to me what this cult is after me is. You repeat yourself, there's no response. The sky darkens even more until it's completely black. All right, all right, I have not been summoned to reveal information before. You say, open your eyes, see a transparent figure flung from right above the grave of Albert Lidsmoth. You hold up your hand and Ray cast spell, make him speak. No, you can see him shaking his head. No, no. I will speak without you doing that, he says, sounding sadder than usual. 
Why are you summoning the dead when you are the true summoner? Why do you want the dead to speak to you? And what is your quest with the dead? The spirit asks. He floats a bit closer to you, getting closer with each sentence. He replied with authority. I summon and speak because I need answers. You are a former member. Were you not? Why have you turned against us? You evil, you hurt innocent children. You spat. You were angry. He was still in his ghost form, but you can see him clearly in this light. I am no longer evil. And yes, I hurt innocent children when I was alive. I killed the families. I feel horrible at that. He replied sadly in his sadness. Made him seem human, not a ghost. But why did you call me and bring me he asks you. I need an answer about the cult, about this journal, and what happened to my parents, you say. The man shakes his head. I can't answer any questions about it. I can't tell you how to find the answers. Well then, you can tell me something, you say. You say the word of the underworld in the name of Alga. Tell me all you know. I know many things about those in possession of the book, which I shall pass along to you. Then you hear voices outside cemetery, a group of men dressed all in white robes, walking round a tombstone. You see them coming closer. As they approach closer, you notice that they are talking together. The spirit disappears and you hide behind a gravestone. They sing closely, you notice that one of them speaks in a hushed voice and you couldn't understand the other person. As they get near the tombstone, you hear him ask the other person, What did the other say? He must have said something because man turns to Greystone that you hid behind. Albert was killed for treason. You hear the man reply. Then the man nods like he expected this answer. The man turned look at our gravestone. Then he turns around and walk away. You decide you should leave as well, so you quietly sneak past them. You walk towards your house, and as soon as you reach the house, you go inside. Chapter 4 The next day you wake up feeling refreshed. It has been a long time since you were able to sleep and without waking up swaying. You lie awake in bed trying to fall asleep but failing every attempt. Finally, you give up. You get up and make your way downstairs. You check calendar. It is almost a weekend. You walk to the kitchen pour yourself a bowl of cereal. You sit down on the couch and watch TV and eat your breakfast. You finish eating your cereal and wash the dishes, then get back up. You make your way upstairs, shower, and get ready for work. You come back downstairs and decide that would be better if you didn't wear your uniform today. You change in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. You grab your phone and wallet and head out the door. You walk to work and get to work early. You walk in the office and see that everyone is already here. He, you greet everyone, take your seat. Hey, Alex says to you, how it's going? He asks you. 
Good. It's been fine. You smile back. How you guys been? Alex laughs. Good. Good. I haven't got much to report. It hasn't been that exciting. What's What's been exciting? He asks. Oh, not much. Some stuff. The usual. Alex replies. Are you sure that there isn't anything important happening or anything? You raise an eyebrow, looking worriedly at him. Nope, everything's cool, he laughs as you're talking to him. Out corner of your eye, you see someone in white robe watching you. Your eyes widen and you turn to Alex. He looks at you confused. You stand up and make your way to him. Alex, you mumble, try and catch his attention. His eyes shoot up to yours. I know you saw that. You're hiding something you know, he says, as he stares into your blue eyes. I don't know what you're talking about, you respond, but you can hear the fear in your voice. You can tell me what you know, he says. If you tell me what's wrong, we can help, you add. Alex looks at you and says, I'm sorry about this. Before there is a flash blue light and you fall unconscious to the floor. Chapter 4 You woke up with a pounding headache. You feel chains attach your wrists and you feel some tied to something. You try pulling your arm free to test if they'll break. They don't move. They just keep tightening on your wrists. You start screaming in panic. You thrust around in frustration trying to break free. There's a click and suddenly the chains release you. You hear a voice say, Arak Mata! And you feel pain blare all through your body. You close your eyes and scream loudly in agony as the pain grows. Then you start feeling warmness on your wrists. You open your eyes, see a man wearing a white robe standing over you. A smile plastered on his face. Adama, he whispers to you. His eyes are blue. You look away and he moves closer. You squeeze your eyes shut as he comes near your face begins kissing you slowly, the kiss of death. He pulls away and says, You're awake. He nod, you nod. Your eyes still squeeze shut, and tears falling freely now. He growls. Now where is it? Where's the journal? He pushes you and you roll across the floor. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And then you push. You finally snap. And curse him, saying, May the god of the underworld take you, Alik. He falls dead as your last words hit him. You wonder how you're going to get out of here. You glance around and see a strange box sitting on a table with no attached to it. You read it aloud. This is the key to the old ones. The key to their powers. That's all the note had said. You carefully untie it you from yourself from the table take off the chains and place them aside and pull your sweatshirt over your head 
You make sure the hood covers your hair and that covers your face. You open the box and take out a large book. You put the book on top of your table and open it. It seems glow underneath your hand. You take a deep breath and look through the first page, seeing a list of words of power. You begin to read. Your voice becoming louder. The power is very strong, but as you read, you notice that seems corrupted. You felt that it's corrupting more than it was purifying itself. You continue reading, and it reads, The word of power, dear Clef, is not only word of power, the word of master, God of all gods, and God of all gods, was also known as the Lord of Underworld. He controlled the land, war, fire, ice, and earth. The Lord of Underworld was creator of the universe. In life itself, he created creatures, spirits, the souls, the living, the dead. You stop as your heart starts to beat very fast. Your breathing becoming quick and heavy. <laughs> your blood is pumping hard in your veins. Your hands shaking with fear and excitement. Holding on to the book tightly with both your hands. You think you might faint. You want to put the book back. But you force yourself to hold on tight and continue reading. Determine read until you find something that will help you. You keep reading. The words read. This word allows you to be the master. You read. This word allows you to be the servant of gods and their servant of goddesses and the goddess. You take in a breath. This word lets you take on their forms. The god of all gods have given you power to control them. You sigh this book is too great for the cult to have. So you speak the word of the master, focusing on flame, making a small flame burn into the end of your finger. You blow the flame into a small fire, which starts floating above the pages. The flames quickly climb the pages, igniting them until they reach the mill where they ignite the flat paper causing the paper burst in flames. The flames spread throughout the whole book. You watch as the book's flames as they spread up the wall. You continue to read. The book's flames growing bigger. You breathe faster and quicker, trying to control the flames as they spread further. You try concentrating on controlling the flame, closing your eyes. You try to do anything, anything to stop the flames from spreading. The fire is getting bigger and larger and larger. You try opening your eyes to see, but you can't see anything. Everything around you is a bright orange color. Everything is hot. You start breathing heavier and harder. You cry out, Oh, whatever God flame there is, make this fire go out. Please, I beg of you, make it stop making it go away. Your mind become, begin becoming foggy, and you begin to lose focus. The fire stops spraying. Everything is calm. You take a deep breath and open your eyes. Your eyesight is blurry, but you realize there is no fire surrounding you anymore. Chapter 5 You are back at home. You lay in bed staring at the ceiling. You've been lost. You've been home for two days, but you still feel a little lost. Your boyfriend walks in the room and closes the door behind him. 
Hey, Al. What's up with you? He asked while walking towards bed. Nothing. Why? He replied quietly and sat up in bed. Well, there's something different about you today. <laughs> Do you really want to know? He laughed nervously. You weren't sure if you wanted him to answer. He sit down next to you. Al, I'd tell you if I didn't want to know. You sigh and lay back against your bed. You were lying on your stomach, legs crossed under you, let out a narrow sigh. <sighs> the cult. They had a book that contained a word of power. Not just a word of power, but the word of the master. What did you do with the book? He asked. You turned to look at him. I burned it. You respond bluntly. He frowns at your response. You say, What? Why? He asks, sounding shocked. It was corrupted. The book was corrupted. Why you do that? Because it hurt me. The book made me scared. I felt like my soul had left my body. I couldn't move or even breathe properly. It scared me because the book was too strong. I wasn't able to control it. But we could control it. Yes. But what if one day the wrong person finds out and uses that word to get their power? They wouldn't use it for bad things though. They just want to use it to help people. Who knows what they want with it? Well, I hope whoever gets their hands on it never uses it. Because then, it doesn't matter who you are. We need to get back to sleep, your boyfriend says, laying back on bed beside you and turning face their way. Good night, Al. <laughs> Chapter 6 In the morning, as always, you sit on a couch in the living room watching TV. You are still tired and your body feels weak. You're wearing pajamas and you have bare feet propped up on coffee table. After finishing the last bite of your breakfast, you stand up from your chair and walk to the fridge, grabbing an apple for a snack. And then you take your plate in the kitchen. You walk over up the stairs to your bedroom. The bed is rumpled from the night before. You walk over a closet and grab a shirt. You throw it over your PJs. You're going to graveyard again. You pull a black tee off the hanger and throwing it onto your bed. You grab a black jacket. You slip your shoes on and step out front door. You walk down the street. There are kids playing around, some playing playground. Some parents are outside smoking cigarettes. You walk past the park. The park is empty. You don't know why you come here every day, but you do. You follow past him until you reach gate to the cemetery. Swing close automatically once you open it. You walk to a gravestone and kneel by it. Hi, Mom. You need to summon her find out what happened exactly when she died. You need to know that. You say softly, Mom? You pause, I need to talk to you. You get your chalk and draw a circle around the grave as you chant. Alok Ma, Mother arise in the name of Dyer Glee.
Ryan's center of circle. My mother, rise from death to life. The circle fills up with red smoke, and the ground starts shake and tremble as a figure appears inside. It looks like a woman staying in a dress, a white dress. The figure turns to you and smiles. It's nice to see you again, dear. She says, smiling at you. I need to know who killed you and how, you state. The figure replies, that would take forever, darling. She replies, you stand up. You don't know what to do. I want you to be honest with me. I know it's going to hurt me, but please tell me what happened to you. Okay, I will tell you in one word what happened to me. Alex. You feel sick, but you manage to stay conscious. You watch how Spectre fades away. Anger flows through you and realize what this means. Your best friend killed your mother. Chapter 7 You are sitting on a couch in your house. The curtains are drawn in the window. It's dark in the room except for a light coming from TV screen. A few hours ago, a man came around asking questions. He took notes. He seemed very curious about you. His questions asked. He left the house quickly. You've been sitting on couch looking at news when the front door opened and a man walked in. He asked if you knew why he was here. You looked at him confused as usual. He explained that he was from police department and one asked you about your relationship with Alex. You are unsure if you should tell him or not. No, I don't, he replied. you reply plainly. You were starting to think this man wasn't really a detective and that he was really just someone sent to try and harass you and maybe get information from you. Okay, fine, he said after he wrote some more on notebook. You watched him walk out the door. Your head rested against the back of the couch as you watched the television. A sound faded in silence once reporters finished talking. You stood up from couch and walked in the kitchen. Your boyfriend is cooking. You sat on a stool at the counter as he worked. The sun was setting horizon, slowly turning red. It was so beautiful, so peaceful and calming. All of a sudden, your boyfriend slams the pots and pans on the stovetop and turned off the light switch, letting the kitchen fall in darkness. He is here. Alex is here. Your boyfriend whispered. I have, I have seen this before, I remember. Your heart began to beat faster, but he, he can't kill us now. He doesn't even know where we live. We must leave now. Your boyfriend says. His tone de sounds desperate. Let's go. You agreed. Your boyfriend opens the door to his backyard quietly. You follow behind him. You look around. The yard is surrounded by trees and bushes. A 
faint smile appeared on your lips as you smell the scent of flowers and nature. Your boyfriend make your way the car. You know, I could just curse you both. A voice behind you says, <coughs> you turn around and see Alex standing there. Alex yells, Alex! And an invisible force sit, hits you, sending you flying across the yard to the fence of the property. Your hand's head slams hard against the wall, which makes your ears ring painfully. As you fall to the ground, groaning slightly, Alex walks toward you slowly and pulls his fist ray back punch you. But as he draws closer to you, he stops in his tracks looking down. What a weak person. Why was I ever friends with you? As soon as he says that, your boyfriend topsles onto him, football player style, knocking him to the ground and pinning him. You see a ceremonial knife in Alex's hand. Your boyfriend tries to get up as his lifeblood spills on the ground. You run to help him. Luckily, it's only a wound in his leg, a flesh wound. You lift him up and pick him up bridal style and carry him back to your house as fast as you could. Once home, you put him on the couch. He moans slightly. You take off his boots, socks, and pants and sweatshirt, leaving him in his boxers. A voice behind you says, you can't really get rid of me that easily. You turn around and see Alex standing there, knife in hand. You can't kill me now. I'm here to help. Reply. You will not stop me from killing either of you. Alex states as he steps toward toward couch. Oh, and why can't I stop you? You answer. Because of this. He says as the glowing light slowly transforms Alex into a giant wolf. The wolf roars at you. You step back. The wolf is almost as big as the house. It is huge. It stands up. Its fur fluffs and its mouth opens begins to suck you in with invisible force. Pulling you into its open mouth as you scream the words of force. Malak, Malak, Alak. You yell, Alak. Your boyfriend grabs your arm and yanks you out the doorway as the wolf's mouth shut, snaps shut in mid motion. You land harshly on the cement steps leading up, up to your porch. The door to your house opens. Your boyfriend is standing there next to you. He helps you stand up. Alex is in human form near the moment your boyfriend touches you. You look into his eyes and you see his true color. His eyes are red, a crimson blood-stained iris. The blood-red eye is staring right to yours. He raises his hand, you close your eyes tightly, waiting for the pain. You feel nothing. You open your eyes to see your boyfriend had wrestled Alex for the knife and stabbed Alex within process. Alex is laying there, dead, in a pool of blood. Your boyfriend grabs you and you fall to your knees. Tears begin streaming down your face. Your boyfriend kneels beside you as you sob uncontrollably. He kisses your tears off your cheeks and wraps his arms around you in a hug and strokes your hair softly holding you tight. 
It's okay. It's okay. It's over now. He whispers assuredly, everything is alright. You're safe, my love. His voice is trembling. His breath is trembling too. But his grip tightens on your body. You sit there, clutching his shirt as he continues whispered to you, comforting you. You sit in silence to get on living room floor for a long time before you fall asleep. I hope you guys have enjoyed this story. Remember to share it and watch the podcast for more.